0: Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, I want to take this opportunity uh, to thank you for joining us here at Discovery Point on our Christmas Eve weekend. Man, Christmas Eve, it moves quick, it's up on us, but what an incredible time of the year. So we thank you for being with us and we pray if you're watching online that you also, uh, as our online community, that, that you're enjoying Christmas and that as we gather here at Discovery Point, as you gather with those in your world, we pray that it is a, uh, a healthy, enjoyable time together. Let, let's make this season a special season. As you think about Christmas Eve and you think about the Christmas season, it comes with uh, a variety of emotions it comes with 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 gladness and joy but there's also those elements to the season that brings sadness and even some sorrow into our lives and so it's it's those two emotions plus others that we we deal with during the christmas season but wherever you are whatever the emotions that you're dealing with and whatever you are experiencing in your own life we just want you to know that christ is there with you. That's the beauty of Jesus, is that He meets us in our point of need. And of course, the Christmas story is a familiar story. It is such a familiar story, His birth story, and as I was thinking about uh, the birth story of Jesus that we have in the New Testament, I I was thinking about my own birth. And as I thought about Jesus' birth and I thought about my birth, I, I began to realize that I have literally no idea of the events surrounding my birth. Now, I, I know my parents, I, I, I know the hospital that I was born in, I have a birth certificate, but beyond that, I, I don't know anything else about the events leading up to my birth. And I don't know about you, maybe you are maybe you know, maybe you've been told a story about your birth, but now as far as my children and my, grand, my grandchild, certainly I, I know the events surrounding their birth. But for my personal birth, I know virtually nothing about that day. As I think about that, I think about the birth of Christ. So so think about what we may or may know about our own personal birth, and then the birth of Jesus Christ. And it's probable, I know in my own personal life, it it is that I know more of the events surrounding His birth than my own birth. And and we see these in the gospel. this weekend we're in Luke chapter 2, verses 18, verses 8 through 14. And we just want to read kind of the, the, that portion of the Christmas story. So follow along with me in the scriptures, Luke 2, 8 through 14. The scripture says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, and they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with great fear. But the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, and he will be lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angelic multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Join me in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we take just this moment as we look into this familiar story, that the familiarity of the story will not fall upon us with apathy, but Father, that we will lean into understanding and hearing more about this incredible story of the birth of Jesus Christ. Lord, speak to us through your word today. We lean in, we listen, we want to come with a posture of humility and teachability. In the name of Christ, we pray this. Amen and amen. As I think about this passage, we know that across the world, some two billion people will celebrate Christmas this year. I mean, that is a vast number of people. And, and, and among those two billion people, uh, they, they come at the story in different ways, and different paradigms, and different cultures, and different mindsets. But I, I just want to identify maybe three ways that we are connected to the story. We're all connected to the story. And Christmas connects us, so if we're in that, that throng of the two billion, let's look at some ways we're connected with the story. One could be just merely in a cultural way. We might call this a cultural connection. It's it's those who celebrate the birth of Christ, but they do not do it spiritually, primarily culturally. It has no spiritual significance in their lives. And I want you to think about this. I, I find it interesting that many people who do not believe in the Bible have no hesitation to celebrate a story that benefits them found in a book that they do not believe. Uh, Let me paraphrase that a different way. Let me say it this way. They celebrate the story of Christmas found in a book that many in this cultural connection do not even believe in. So among the two billion, there's a culture connection. Another connection we might call a casual connection. It's kind of the, man, we're in the fog, we're in the middle. We got a foot in two worlds. We can take the story, we can leave the story. We're kind of casual about the whole thing. And then there's a third group, maybe among these two billion, and those are the the convinced. That is the convinced connection. That's the crowd that's fully convinced that the story is true. The Bible is and says who Jesus is and what he came to do. And they embrace it. They believe in it. And the story about a baby in a manger is actually the story of God's son coming to earth. So we must ask ourselves, what determines which connection a person may make? Oh, there's so many factors, right? So many factors. But there is a determination. There's a factor, if you will. There's a tipping point, possibly, that aligns people in one of those three categories. And could it be that that tipping point, could it be that what draws the spiritual line in the sand is actually found in the Christmas story itself? I think it's actually in the passage that we just read out of Luke chapter 2. So, for example, look in verse 11. This is a, a powerful verse, and you've probably read it before. You've heard it spoken about. But look at what the angel is saying to the shepherds. Look at the verse. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, I want you to see those three descriptive words of Jesus. Look at what the angel is communicating. Note note what he says about, about this baby who is laying in this manger. The angel said, he is the Savior. He is the one who rescues, the one who delivers. He is the one who will redeem his people. He is a Savior. Then the angel says, he's also Messiah. Now, Messiah means one who has been anointed and appointed. We know that the prophets of the Old Testament, they spoke of the coming Messiah. And so the angel now is, he is intensifying the language, he's Savior, he's Messiah. And then note what he says, that the angel says he is also Lord. One with supreme authority, uh, uh, the person who, who is Lord, has uncontested power, unrivaled authority. want I mean, you to think about those three descriptions of Jesus and what the angel, how this is communicated to the shepherds look at those in depth the angel identifies jesus the baby lying in a manger as savior messiah and lord when you think about those powerful descriptions of jesus i think we would agree that they those words carry with them a polarizing element and so it could be that the two billion that celebrate that that these distinctive groups that we mentioned early on, it could be that that verse gives us great insight into a person either being culturally connected, casually connected, or fully convinced that Jesus is who he says he is. Because if you read the next verse, verse 12, notice what the angel says and how the angel follows up with verse 11. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Man, I would say that those in the cultural connection, the group who are casually associated with Christmas, the take it or leave it, a foot in two worlds, if you will, I, I think those two groups are not alarmed by this language, as they would be in verse 11. Now, while babies change our lives in so many ways, I think we would agree with that, and, and while at times they can be quite messy, they do not make claims about messiahship. So this, I think, is a clue of the two billion people celebrating how that people can move into different categories in relationship to the birth, to the story of Jesus. You know, one of the beautiful things about the Christmas season, that it is, has its own unique genre of movies and music. I mean, it's a wide plethora, if you will. It's a broad brushstroke of music and movies. So I was thinking about Christmas movies, and man, there are tons of movies out there in regard to Christmas. So I, I, I Googled top 50 movies, and I'm like, no, no, that's too many. I, and I'm like, well, I wonder what the top 10 most watched Christmas movies of all time. And I'm like, no, that's a little broad. So I narrow it down to the top five, and I did a little research on this, and so the top five movies of all time, Christmas movies, taken from Entertainment Weekly. Are you ready? Let's see if yours is in the top five. Number five, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 1966 version. Number four, Elf. A pretty good one, right? 2003. The third most popular Christmas movie is a Charlie Brown Christmas 1965 1965 number 2 a christmas story which is a movie that came out in 1983 and that leads to what entertainment weekly says is the number one christmas movie of all time go into a, a drum roll if you will can you guess the movie just think can you guess it's not die hard can you guess the number one christmas movie of all time According to Entertainment Weekly, it is, It's a Wonderful Life, which aired in 1946. A Wonderful Life. As I look through the list, I'm like, well, where's, where's Home Alone? Number 11. How about White Christmas? Number 14. Christmas Vacation? All the way down to number 18. Christmas with the Cranks? One of my favorites. I didn't even see it on the list. You probably have a a, a familiar, favorite Christmas movie. But I want to go back to what is considered maybe the most popular Christmas movie of all times. It's a Wonderful Life. And I want us to think about that for just a moment and understand this is a 77-year-old movie. 77-year-old movie. How in the world can a 77-year-old movie just be the top-rated Christmas movie of all time? How is it still rated number one? Could it be that it's not maybe only or a portion of the content of the movie? Could it be in the title itself? is that there something about that title that draws us in, that pulls us into the narrative, if you will? It's a wonderful life. It's an intriguing title, and I'm wondering, is that the reason for its popularity? Because I'm guessing that all of us at this time of year, we're thinking about the wonder of life, and and maybe we're asking the question ourselves. Is my life a wonderful life? Isn't that what we're all after? I mean, if we take life to to its irreducible minimum, aren't we all seeking, hoping, have aspirations for a, a wonderful life? And could it be that it's that title, it's the title that maybe draws us in to the narrative? You see, the life that our heart longs for, the life that we, our soul longs for, the the life that we want to live, this wonderful life is found and provided only in and through Jesus Christ. In fact, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says this, He says, the thief only comes to to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That word abundantly can also be translated, an extraordinary life, an extraordinary life. You know, the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, as you work your way through the movie, there are various scenes in the movie, and George Bailey, he's kind of the prominent character played by James Stewart. And at different points of the movie, in different scenes, if you will, we see George Bailey, and and this movie depicts times of his life where he is living this quiet desperation. This quiet desperation, and maybe that's the connecting point, and maybe that's why it's such a popular movie, because maybe that's where we find ourselves this Christmas season. Maybe we find ourselves in a place, in a space of quiet desperation, surrounded by lights, and we're surrounded by music, and we're surrounded by parties, and we're surrounded by people. And even in the midst of all of that activity, our soul is aching with a sense of quiet desperation. Maybe you're longing for love and for peace. Maybe you're longing for joy, for hope, for contentment, for satisfaction. And and could it be that we connect those emotions, those thoughts, maybe the state of our soul, if you will, we connect that directly to this idea of it's a wonderful life. Maybe your heart longs for freedom from the shallow trappings of this world and culture. Maybe you're at a place right now, instead of a wonderful life, maybe you're wondering about life. Uh, maybe that's more descriptive, and, 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 and we all long for a wonderful life, but there are those times, especially around this season, where we can ever wonder about life. May I encourage you that the story of Christmas, the story of the birth of Jesus Christ is a story where you don't have to wonder about life, but you can discover the wonderful life that God has created for you and I to live. It's not a life that's void of problems and pain and setbacks and hurt and loneliness. That's not maybe the the foundation of this wonderful life. It isn't the things that are void in our lives like those types of things because we often associate with maybe the wonder of our life and how it's connected to the difficulty, the challenge, the things that we're going through. But this wonderful life, it's not void of the difficulty, but actually it's filled with the presence of Jesus Christ. Think about that, this wonderful life filled with the presence of Jesus Christ. This wonderful life that we see in the Scripture, this wonderful life that Christ comes, that He's promised in John 10.10, that He comes and He changes our identity as people. He changes our destiny. He changes our future. He changes our character, where, where as we begin to walk with Him, that our character becomes the character of Christ. And as a result, our conduct begins to reflect the person of Jesus. As I close this time, I want you to just think about your life just for a moment. You might say, Pastor Greg, I wish it was a wonderful life. But right now, I'm wondering about life. Let me encourage you to turn to look to Jesus. To surrender your life to Christ, because this wonderful life is a life, again, of a new identity, a new destiny, a new character, and new conduct. You're like, Pastor, what what, what do I need to do? It's as simple as ABC. We see that in verse 11 of Luke chapter 2. The Christmas story itself, we understand what it means to embrace this wonderful life in Jesus Christ. Number one, we just acknowledge that we need a Savior. It's what the angel told the shepherds, he is the Savior, one who rescues and redeems his people. So you just must acknowledge that you need this Jesus. You can't save yourselves. The sin that we've experienced, it can only be forgiven by the blood of Christ. Second of all, we must believe. We must believe that he is who he says he is. And the Christmas story says that he is the Messiah. So we we must believe that with our heart, with our mind, with a trust, with a conviction, not just a head knowledge, but believe that Jesus is the Messiah, as the angels declared for him to be. And last of all, see, we just confess his lordship. We just confess his lordship. That supreme authority over our lives, that simply means he's in charge of everything. Now, when I make Jesus Lord, He is in charge of everything in my life. I surrender it all to Him, my attitude, my heart, my habits. I surrender my family, my wife, my children, my husband. I surrender my career. I surrender my finances. I surrender my plans. I surrender it all to Jesus and say, You now are Lord of my life. If you would like to cross this line of faith, if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you you want to stop wondering about life and embrace the wonderful life that Jesus came to bring, I'm going to invite you to surrender your life to him. If you'd like to do that, you pray a simple prayer with me. This prayer is just a prayer of acknowledgement, of surrender, of like, I'm taking this step of giving my life to Jesus. Would you pray with me? Just say something like this to the Lord, to the Father. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I acknowledge my need for you, for your forgiveness, for your redemption. I believe you are who the scriptures say you are, the Messiah, the anointed Son of God. And I confess you as Lord of my life. From this moment on, Jesus, you are in charge. You make the decisions. I give everything I have, everything I am to you. Come into my life as Lord. Make me the man or woman you want me to be. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer or... You prayed something like that, or you just said, Pastor, I have questions. I I, I need to know more. I want to talk with somebody. I invite you to reach out to me. Just reach out to me. My number's right here. Uh, It's going to be on the screen. You can text me. Just shoot me a text. Say, Pastor Greg, I want to know more. Or I prayed that prayer. Or can you help me? Can you pray for me? Oh, let me know. I would love to do that. Or One of our pastors here at Discovery Point, we will reach out to you and help you take the next steps toward the wonderful life that is promised in Jesus Christ. Well, God bless you. Have a great Christmas. We love you. Have a good day. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms.